Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cash That. This is your host, Joe Delera. Producer Corey is absolutely fried. The dude is missing out today on our special guest. Uh, he's fried like chicken. We're going to have a different bird on later today, but I got to hit you with my first best bet for game one of the NBA finals. And we're going to be taking the Warriors minus three and a half. The trends are great. The Warriors are 21 and two straight up in game ones. In, in the Steve Kerr era. And when they're a home favorite in single digit digits, they're nine and two against the spread. Couple this with the fact that the Boston Celtics are coming off of a grueling game seven, actually their second consecutive game seven uh, in terms of their series and winners of game seven that play an opponent that has more rest in the, in the next round of the NBA playoffs are winning at just 37% of the time. So we're going to be back in the Golden State Warriors to hop off to that strong game one, one zero series lead. And I've got plenty of other content. You can listen to the series guide on buckets with Matt Moore and Brandon Anderson for Action Network. And you can also check out the game one guide from there. So that'll have the majority of my takes for game one and the series. What we're really excited to talk about today is props and how to bet them for the NBA finals. Had to bring on one of my good buddies. We got Birdman here. The Eagle has landed. Birdman. Welcome to the show, Birdman. Uh, you, you know, let, let us know how you doing today. I'm doing good, man. I uh, you know I know we talked about getting on here uh, quite a, quite a bit, but uh, no, it's great to it's great to be on here. It's you know always great to talk basketball, and you know obviously great to talk with you. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. And uh, your Twitter's at half bird, half man. Uh, spell it out. It's not one slash two. It's, you know, say the whole thing. And then yeah, uh, you must, is, that, is that the best spot to find you? Or you, I know you put some stuff on what, chalkboard? Yeah, no, that's the best spot to find me. I, I made my Twitter in like 2011 and I just haven't changed the at. I'm hoping like eventually either the rapper or the former NBA player is like, yo, I really want that at. Like, let me pay you like 10 grand. I'll be like, it's all yours. <laughs> you know, easy money. But no, uh, yeah, and then the chalkboard, um, you know, it's the general flock. It's it's in my pinned tweet. Um, I've been actually pinning, you know, like a straight bet thread um, each day of just like baseball or whatever I'm on, all in just one thread for straight bets. But then whenever I unpin that, I usually repin the, uh, the chalkboard group. But yeah, uh, you know, the chalkboard you know, we'll track your bets and everything for you, just like Action or any of these other uh, apps. But, you know, you can, uh, you know, kind of talk in there as well. And um, it's got a decent community over there as well. Yeah, dude. Uh, I appreciate you, you know, having you on. And I know you got a big following, so it's pretty awesome. Um, but one of the things I wanted to talk to you about in particular, because I know you're a very sharp prop better. And one of the things that um, I think is, difficult, especially in the finals and in the playoffs. And I know you said, you know, we, we had a call before, you know, off the record. So hearsay, but um, I know that we had a conversation about how you kind of cut your NBA volume, like a little bit in the playoffs. And is that kind of, in a way it's like, you know, when there's 15 games on a given night, you can bet 15 times because you can find some value. But like when you're down to like one, two games, like it gets tough to find, like you're not betting that many times, like, you know what I mean? Like you're maybe finding one or two props per game. So I think it makes it a little bit tougher. What do you think? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm definitely, you know, I, I'm not afraid to bet, uh, you know, higher volume, even if it's only a few games, it's yeah. just, you know, and we, we talk about this, you don't want to oversaturate yourself and you're like, Oh, well I'm on like Marcus smart assists and, Jason Tatum assists and you're like, all right, well that's two assists from the same team. And like that can get yeah. very problematic very quickly. Um, so I'm not afraid of having different stat combinations from different teams. You know, you have a, a couple, you know, rebounds and points on the warriors and, you know, yeah. maybe the assists and, and threes on, on like the Mavericks or one of those, or, you know, now the Celtics, that I'm not really that worried about, but I cut it down partially because of that reason, but also just because of all the blowouts. Yeah. Um, and it oh was, God. you know, we're almost at the historic rate. And it's just one of those things where it's been hard to watch. And I'm fine with betting something I'm not watching. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but <laughs> when it breaks down, it's, you know, it, it comes down to like, if there's any blowouts, it's kind of hard. All those 
stats and stuff that you predict on, those minutes that you expect not being there just throws you for a loop. So for me, that's kind of been more uh, the reason why I haven't kept a a similar volume as the regular season or have cut it down kind of a little bit there. Yeah. So, and then in that, in that like vein, um, I know one of the things that we like to do a lot of times, especially in the regular, during the regular season, it's easy to buy low on somebody because, you know, like, let's say they have a couple bad games, but it was against tough defenses. So then all of a sudden you see their points line drop like two or something like that in the playoffs, especially like you get this, you're getting the same matchup over and over and over again. But I think the thing that's different is like, you get to see teams make adjustments and when teams make adjustments, it can create value even still going under, like still saying like, let's say their prop like is keeps adjusting down or keeps adjusting up. But like, depending on the way you see the series going, you can kind of build off of that. What, when you're looking at the finals, do you feel like there's any players that are, you know, on these rosters that you think are like adjustment proof almost like that you don't, you're not like as concerned about a team, like scheming them out. Like even a guy like Curry, I think there's some issues just because they decide to double him. Then that becomes problematic for as, at least for his scoring anyway. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, the reason why, it, in my opinion, it's a, a bit interesting. And uh, like we were talking about before we hopped on here, you know, I hadn't really looked extensively into the series as much as normal. Just yeah. for the mere fact of, you know, just being busy Memorial Day weekend, whatever. <laughs> um, you know, drinking some beers, whatever. But there. when I when I look at it, I don't know about necessarily adjustment proof. Um, I kind of see just a lot of, you know, I haven't looked at the exact numbers and props for some of these first uh, first games and stuff, but... Yeah, I think there are some players like because the matchups change so dramatically that you are going to see um, just some some matchups affect that. You know, the first two people in, that come to mind is a player like Wiggins. Yeah. Right. Um, and I'm pretty sure if if I saw correctly, you might have logged a couple unders on him. I'm, I'm not positive. Yeah, actually. <laughs> But no, but still, it's like, you know, his rebounds, I know we watched that series, there's no bigs for the Mavericks, he's hustling all over the place, out hustling Mavericks, um, getting a bunch of offensive rebounds. It's really not going to be as easy when you got bigger, you know, the size disadvantage that they're going to have going against the Celtics. And the, the exact same mindset, but the kind of flip side is like Al Horford. He doesn't have to go against Bam, right? Bam's obviously, you know, a good defensive player, a bigger player. I know uh, Draymond is somewhat similar in yeah. how in to a to more Bam than like let's say like a Rudy Gobert because yeah, of his size and versatile. <laughs> right. So, you know, with that, I think it does kind of um, you know affect Al Horford. Um, but I, I do need to look a little more into those numbers. Yeah. Uh, but those two players, just off the top of my head, like. They seem like players that, although you asked me which ones are matchup or uh, I think I think it's kind of fair. I think those two players will, I guess, to answer the question in the complete inverse of what you were asking, <laughs> is they might be the most adjustment heavy, you know, in my head as far as like how will their props be impacted by this different matchup. Um, Curry, I don't know. It's tough. Like we've talked about it before. I don't usually whether it's the long shot parlays or you never put fucking superstars in, man. I I, I, I just, I don't like these really high numbers now for Curry what the good thing you get with him and what you saw, I mean, the Mavericks was a great matchup for him as far as RA goes, but like in general, finding these superstars with lower RAs, you get, you take out your Giannis and your Joker that instantly have like 12, 13 as their rebounds. Uh, rebound lines to like someone like Curry who's in like the you know attainable goals every single game whether they're like huge offensive load or not you know that type of thing where like you can kind of look at that but like you know the the defensive scheme for the Celtics when they played the the Warriors has been pretty decent on Curry if I remember correctly they've been throwing a lot of smart at him honestly so 
I think it creates this like interesting dichotomy in terms of the defense. And like Curry, when he's, he's played like about 10 games against Smart, and he's averaging about like 24 points per game, but he's got two like real bad games. He's got like a three and a nine in those 10. So if you take those out, then you see like the numbers spike, obviously. But like, you know, that's selection bias to some extent, you know. So I, I, I do think that, you know, because I want to talk about what you met. I want to pivot back to what you were talking about in terms of the size. Right. So like when I'm watching this series and like when I'm looking at this series, right, like one of the things like everybody says, like drop coverage, drop coverage, drop coverage. Right. Like and I'm like, I've been somebody that talks about that. I don't think that it's totally insane. You might think this is nuts. I don't. I don't think it's totally insane for the Celtics to play drop against the Warriors. And like, I get that Curry is on the other side, but I think it's kind of one of those like they have guys like Derek White, Marcus Smart. Like you have perimeter players that can put pressure despite being in a drop and like drop does not necessarily mean like you're leaving people open drop just means like you're giving up that like a little bit of space in like that mid range area. Like you're not coming up to meet these guys at three point line necessarily. So like you can play Robert Williams because I think that the Celtics need to play Robert Williams because their rotations are thin. And if you take Robert Williams out because he's not really a great switcher, if you take Grant Williams out because he's not great at switch, then, like, who are you playing? You're playing Peyton Pritchard, who's just not good defensively. So, like, I, I don't know. What, I don't know what your thoughts are on it, but like, I don't. I don't think it's crazy for them to try to do that. At least the first thing is you can never dis, uh, disrespect the Oregon Ducks nation, Peyton Pritchard, who, <laughs> as being an Oregon fan and, and a Philly fan, I've never been more pained in the past couple of years than watching Peyton Pritchard get drafted by the Celtics. Bowl bowl is obviously nuggets and everything. Yeah. But um, and then you look at even this draft for the NFL. Kayvon Thibodeau goes to the Giants, and I'm like, dude, My any God. other of the 32 team or 31 teams just do not go. Do not go to the Giants, the Redskins, the Cowboys. You know, I would even be fine with the Jets. You know, <laughs> but um, as far as that goes, I mean. I, I feel like they're going to – I'm fine with it too. Like, I'm actually – I do support what you're saying because I think with the size advantage, the rebound advantage, you know, you don't want to let the Warriors just keep raining from three. But, like, we've seen in the, you know, the Celtics-Memphis series or, or, I mean, uh, Warriors-Memphis or Warriors-Dallas, you've seen these three-point contests where if they're not going your way – you're out. You're almost. You're out of the game by the the end of the first yeah. half. And although the Mavericks, uh, I think it was game two. I don't remember what game it was when they had the big lead. Um, I think it might have been game two. Yeah. Maybe it was even game one. I don't even remember. But th- then they they crumbled. I don't think you see that as much from the Celtics because they're not as dependent on one player now granted no. Tatum does run the, the offense he's the you engine. need Tatum yeah but like you could but win it's a not game. Luka you know no it's not. no like you could win a game with Tatum scoring under 20 it's possible but in the same in the same breath we did see the Celtics team give up these leads they played what they were the better team in six of the seven games versus the Bucks that's, right but that yeah. still went seven um even against the Heat I mean they I, I don't off the top of my head, I have to look back and think, but you know, it wasn't. I know it went to seven, but out of those four wins and the three losses, like those three losses, that I'm, they were the better team in a couple of those. Mm-hmm. They, they um, lost the coin flips. They lost the coin flips. Right, and it's just you know, I the, they do have the home court advantage if I'm correct, right? The Celtics the War- do. No, the Warriors have it. So game one, the, War- the chase. Oh, game yeah. one out. So yeah, that's that's a little bit worrisome, um, just for the mere fact that. Well, I mean, you're losing if you lose first game, you know, on the road. I get it, right? We expect it. I haven't bet it yet, but I'll I'll probably jump on with you and that. Yeah. The the post game seven fade, um, it might be a little problematic just for the mere fact that like, 
you know, you want to you want to get some of these early games at home. It gives you a little bit of comfort, but yeah. that does open the door for you know you can win, you win a couple, maybe you win game two. You're able to. I mean, the Celtics had to lost back to back the whole place, the whole postseason. They haven't lost yeah. a back to back game in like three months. It, it gives so, you the opportunity to win game six at home. So, so that that's a that's it's actually it might actually be a bit better now that I'm thinking about it because yeah. I did. It was hard for me to see this this young Celtics team um, win a, like a, a game, a finals clinching game six on the road. Yeah. Um, Dude, but you want to know fun fact? The fucking the Warriors have 123 games of finals experience. Celtics have zero. Zero. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> that's. I, I I think it's significant, at least for game one. And that's yeah. where I get – that's kind of how I got to the game one thing. So, like, I don't know to what extent, like, we can take – like, what we can take from game one. But I do think the Warriors come away with game one. So, I want to go back to the thing – what you were talking about with the threes, though. Because during the regular season, this, the Warriors t- averaged – it was only two games. But they averaged 47 threes per game against the Celtics. Like, attempts which is a preposterous number. That's like one of the highest numbers actually against teams that played the Boston Celtics. And I think it's notable because there's a prop that's really interesting. And that prop is for either team to break the record for most threes in a series. That total is 95. In seven games, you need to average, you need to make, you need to average 13.57 to do that in six games, you need to average 15.83. I don't think it's crazy. I talked to Brandon about this. We're probably going to put it in an article. Six games, you need to shoot like 30, like almost 40% from three on the series in seven games. I think it just absolutely hits and it's plus 450 at DraftKings. Or do you think that Boston switches to a point because during the postseason, this is the thing that I think is interesting. In the postseason, the Warriors are only taking 34 attempts a game. But I think it's schematic because of the way the Grizzlies played them, the Mavericks played them, and even like the Nuggets, the, the, the Nugget, you almost have to throw the Nuggets series out because the Nuggets were just so bad defensively. Um, if you look at those series, they like invited them into the paint. And I don't know if Boston's going to do that after watching what the Warriors just did. So I don't think Boston can really hit that number. I think it's like just too many threes based on their offense. But I don't think it's crazy at plus four fifty. I don't think it's I don't think it's crazy. Um, I just think I think it's tough because. You know, you, you bet on the, the Warriors. You know, it's, it's Like you said, it's a bet on the Warriors. And, like, yeah, they're good at threes. But it also comes down to, like, they're a very smart offense and they don't need to take threes. They're going to take kind of smarter shots in general. Um, yeah. So although I think that they could, I find that as the series will go on, especially in the finals, that experience weighs in. And I feel like it's going to be not really more, let's just throw up our, you know, three-pointers. Not necessarily that they would do that anyway, but I just think as it gets closer to the end, you know, you are just going, you're just going to get a smarter offensive game plan from the Warriors. And I feel like for them, because of the Celtics defense and, you know, they haven't, they they've done a pretty good job, but you know when like you said the other they're gonna watch this film they're gonna see these other teams guard the three and say oh they had some success doing this, and I feel like that's gonna translate to the Warriors finding ways to be more creative offensively scoring twos. I mean obviously they want they want to score threes right threes are more yeah. than two and it's the the way the league is gone, um, but it's just hard for plus four fifty. That's, that's you're, tough. You your know, implied yeah. is good. Like, you're getting good implied odds. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's – I agree with you. I think that's a good point. It's a bet on the Warriors because 
you like you and you really need the series to go six or seven. I think it's a bet on the Warriors, but also like a bet on the series going six or seven. Because I do like that though. I don't think that you can win, which I like. Yeah, like I don't think that you can win this bet in under sixteen. I think it's like literally impossible. Um, but the odds markets seem to say that this series is going to go six. And although most series don't go seven, I don't think it goes. I don't see a four-one win either way, especially when I think Boston wins. Or at least that's like kind of my position. Like I like the Boston numbers anyway. Like I like the the betting market for them. And I think they're gonna lose game one. Yeah, I mean, if if you're you know, expecting Boston to win potentially after a game one, um it's you know, they'd obviously them winning in game six at home seems the most likely. Yeah. It's hard for. I mean, I don't see them winning Game Five on the road. You know, they have to win a closeout spot. They have to win four straight games. I don't see that happening. No, and Um, even if they didn't, even if they win Game One, you do you really think they're going to close the series? Like they're not going. I don't think they're going to sweep. So then it's like, do you think they're going to close the series in five? At in Golden State, like probably not. I don't see it. you know, it's just one of those things, and like kind of why I'm on the same side as you with the Celtics is that size difference. Yeah. And if you're like winning the rebound battle is a real thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, the, the, it ahead. really is. No, it's just like you win the rebound battle. Like if you look at the past champions, I can't imagine since 2000, 20, what, 22 years, 21 years, yeah. I can't imagine more than five have lost the rebound battle. That's actually a great. I, I don't know that. The finals. I don't know the answer to that. I think I'm going to look it up, actually. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really more intrigued now that I think about it. But I just can't see it because, like, you, the more possessions you get, it's just, you know, I know the Celtics, they played kind of whatever offensively. The, the, the Heat, I mean, no, I think it's you, great. Do, you think, do you think the Heat are a better defensive team than the Warriors? Because I kind of do. Yes and no. Um, again, well, against the Celtics, yes, I think yeah. because I, I they think do actually is... have someone who's big. Not that Draymond yeah. doesn't play big, but like they actually have somebody who was in the Defensive Player of the Year. Kind of people, a lot of people were yeah, pissed and... about that, and he was definitely a great defender all year. He guards bigs. Draymond does, but like it's a difference. You know? I think the question. I think the thing is, and this is something that I've talked about, and I'm going to write about, is that I think that. The Celtics are the Celtics adjustments are going to be related to scheme. Whereas the Warriors have more adjustments that they can make throughout the series because they have more playable personnel. Like, I don't think that you like you cannot play Aaron Naismith in the finals. It's just not gonna happen. You know, like even Peyton Pritchard, I think, is like like respect um the quack quack there for your fellow bird. Uh, but you know, I think that um like even he's like questionably playable. So in my opinion, Boston, you have like seven guys in a rotation. The Warriors have like a 10, literally a 10 man rotation that they can go in and out of depending on like what they want to do, which I, which gives me pause in the Boston bet because I like might watch something in game one and be like, I'm getting out of this. Like I like the numbers great. The four to one, because uh, the Warriors won game one, but, like, no fucking way. You know what I mean? Like, there might be something that I see, and I'm just like, oh, I do not like that. So what I wanted to get to, though, was because of those adjustments in, like, terms of personnel, right? And it's something that we've cashed on before. These, like, market – they have these markets, right? On, like, DraftKings, FanDuel, points bet, whatever. Like, points leader, rebounds leader, assist leader. One of the things that I noticed – is that if you look at DraftKings, points bet, MGM, like whatever, they all say re- like leader, like whatever it is. So like the definition of that is different than what FanDuel is doing. What FanDuel is doing is it says highest assists average or rebounds average for the series. So what I did was I reached out to FanDuel and I said, what does this mean? Please explain this to me. Because I've heard that they like, I, I think we, we talked about this, but like 
somebody got screwed about like a John Morant bet because he was like, oh, like have the highest points per game average in the series, right? And then they like screenshotted the chat. They put the chat on Twitter and the guy was like, the guy lost the bet, but the, the trader or like the, the help person gave him like the stupidest answer why. And like, it wasn't a right, the right reason because the trader was saying like, oh, well, he averaged zero points in games like five and six because he didn't play or like th- four or five and six because he didn't play. So like his average is this, which is wrong. But like their market at that point in time said minimum four games played. That was what the pre-market line says. I reached out to them to clarify before betting on something. And they said, it's not that. There's no minimum number of games played. And it's the average for however many games they play, which is notable. And it's also important because here there's no like injuries going in. Like there's nobody that's out that's going to come in. But there are people that might get hurt in the middle of the series and then leave and the person I'm looking at is Robert Williams. Yeah. So I think I don't I don't want to bet him for a leader bet, but I would bet him on an average bet. Makes sense. So, but what I but also in terms of scheme, right? Like I think that Horford is properly priced at plus one twenty five right now, um, for like to lead the series in rebounds, whatever. These markets adjust a plus lot. Plus one twenty five. To lead the series in rebounds. But the problem is, like, I'm not betting that because you you guys can look like look up my thread about dead heat rules. Um, but basically, when they do that, it like splits your odds and it's not in the conventional way that you would split odds. So like when we like we all deal with American odds. So like when something's 10 to 1, when I think of it getting split, I think of it as going to five to one. But that's not what they do. They take the decimal because the decimal odds of 10 to 1 is 11. And they split that in half. So like what your return is. So it's actually 5.5. So instead, like if I put $100 on something at 10 to 1 odds, I would win back $1,100. If they split the decimal in half, I get 550. But the thing is, points bet is the only book that does it the opposite way. They don't slash your stake. They slash your odds. So your odds do that. They do it the proper way and like the way that's like most favorable to the customer. And what they do is they move it. So it would go from instead of a hundred dollar bet at 11 to one or 10 to one, rather they make it a $50 bet at 10 to one. So I guess they slash your stake, not your odds. So that's almost always preferable. You don't normally notice in rebounds leader market or like in like a first round leader or something like that, like a big, big market. But if you bet somebody at like plus 125, and it's a tie, you're actually going to lose money on most platforms. Yeah, I mean, I I, uh, I lost out on my Jason my Tatum rebounds by, I think, one to Bam, right? I don't know. The no, to Horford. Oh, Horford, Horford, my guy. One. Yeah. He, he ended up getting it? Yeah, he got yeah. it on that last second rebound. Uh, yeah, because I, I was always tracking because, like, I, I, you, you sent it to me that they were Tatum and Bam were tied going into game six. I think he had one more than Tatum after, or maybe yeah. they were tied. They, might they were tied, tied or, going or, into Game Seven, I think. Even yeah, and then Horford I, was like three back. Because in my head, I was like, "Oh, okay." Like Tatum and Bam tied, and I, but in my head, I didn't, you know, didn't register that the series was going one more game. So I'm like, "Oh shit, I'm gonna get half of this." But no, the same thing. Yeah. So yeah. And then I ended up losing it, but. Yeah, no, I mean that's def- that's definitely very important, you know, for the people listening because you know that that can make a big difference. Even like what you said, instead of it being you know a hundred to win five hundred, it's a hundred to win four fifty, and that's not including your stake back, right? Yeah, like it dramatically changes the bet. So right, it's, it's now it's now plus four fifty instead of plus five hundred, um, and that, you know that's that's significant, especially. Um, as the series goes on. Yeah, like I think like last series, BAM was minus 105 going into game six. And if it tied, you lost like $3. If it was a three-way tie, your $100 bet, you returned 60. Right. So like, you just straight up lost money on the favorite. I, I mean, if you're betting minus 105 though on that, I just, I, I can't get there ever. No, you so, know, and that's kind of where 
I wanted to come around with you on this, right? Is there a player that like you're looking at maybe like, let's say like points, right? So points Tatum is minus 125. Curry's plus 155. Brown is plus 850. Clay is 40 to one. Pool is 100 to one, right? For that type of market, is one of those players like maybe stand out that you're like, ah, like I would sprinkle that now. Or is it something that you're saying like, I hope they have a down game like right away. And then I can bet them. Um, I would say for the down game and hoping to bet them would be Tatum. Yeah. Um, if he came in just like gassed after that game seven, you know, but like it's, the odds aren't going to move that dramatically. Like I don't personally want to yeah. bet a series. Like I don't want to bet any series bet. Like we were talking about it before with MVP. I don't want to bet any series bet at under plus two hundred unless you like. If you like the Warriors and you want to take Steph for MVP, that's a little bit different because I don't see that as a separate series bet. I see that as you betting the Warriors, which I, yeah. I don't think is the same for all of these guys. Yeah. Um, off the top of my head, Clay at forty to one seems a bit r- ridiculous. Yeah, um, I, I'm a little concerned about Clay on the series, but I it's kind of one of those like. Maybe because, like, I think I'm I, more inclined to take his threes to lead the series. Yeah, threes. I, what are his odds for that? To lead the series yeah. in threes, he is at uh, it's it's not really that high, it's plus 425. So, like, maybe he's the guy that you hope has a bad game there, first game, like, maybe only makes two because, like, he has those ceiling games, you know. So, I think that's one of the interesting things with Clay, and I think it's gonna be a I think it's gonna be exploitable. Because he can, he like consistently goes under his lines, right? But like I mean, he really does. We we it was insane. We're like yeah, we're like hopping on any PRA that's like twenty seven and a half or higher. That's what it is. Instantly. That's what it is. This game, you know, and then, and a half. So it's like, I mean, I, I have a feeling that he shoots a little bit better. It, I don't know if. It's weird, like, I kind of, it's more maybe a gut feeling than anything, but, you know, his legs are a little bit more under him, another series in the playoffs, Yeah. right? He didn't have the the biggest success, uh, but they also played small, right? So it is, it is slightly different, um, just for the mere fact of general rotations and, you know, everything that goes into defense. When you, when you play bigger, you can have those big guys inside, you might have slight a little bit more time to hit these threes. I mean, obviously you have a longer arm coming at you, yeah. but that that could play into him getting some more opportunities. And he's still taking a bunch, right? You don't want to be taking. I mean, at least for the threes prop, you don't want to be taking players that aren't going to be taking threes. Like we're not taking Grant Williams who no. will take five threes one game and zero in back to back games. Yeah. But even for the point, like game stuff, seven every game. The point stuff is tough, though. Like, as much as I like a price on forty to one, we haven't, we like, we have yet to see even like a spitting image of pre-injury clay. So it's hard yeah. for me to be like, yeah, forty to one, I'll take it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. That's that market's tough. I, I don't know. I think if that I market's would, brutal. I don't know if I would even attack the points. Maybe the threes. I would like clay. Mm-hmm. And then assists and rebounds, depending on the odds, might be this more might appetizing. Be, this might be the one that I can get you on. Highest scoring performance. Tatum is plus 165. Curry is plus 175. Jalen Brown is plus 350. Clay Thompson is plus 700. Poole is 14 to 1. Wiggins, 25 to 1. Marcus Smart, 35 to 1. All right, so what I, I'm going to do – I feel like go, you're going to sell me I'm on gonna, Marcus Smart. All right, so what do you think? Do any of those points leaders sound interesting? Like, are single game highest scoring performances? Because they're kind of juicy. Yeah, the, the single – I would definitely be more inclined to bet the single game more than the total points for the yeah. whole series. Um, I mean, what did you say Clay's number was? Seven to one. I kind of like Clay, to be honest with you. I, I do like Clay, and I would sprinkle on him. Um, I mean, part of me boy wants, Wiggins, uh, dude. <laughs> part of me wants to think that, like, you know, Steph knows 
you know, all like all the talk that's going on. Oh, he's not, you know, he hasn't had a Finals MVP. All of this, it's it's got to translate to one huge performance, like a game. Maybe it's Game One where the Celtics are just, you know, not fully in it defensively or whatever. I don't know. I mean, plus one seventy five isn't the best odds. I would no. definitely sprinkle on a long shot as well. Um, but yes, Clay at seven to one sounds pretty enticing. Um, but I, I'd have to lean Curry at plus one seventy five. Yeah, I think he's got to have one monster game. Uh, it's just it's just problematic, like we talked about, because of how good they've played against him typically. Yeah. and you know, they, could, they their whole game plan might be to just take him, try to take him out of the game. You know, yeah, like like I think like guys like Smart, Wiggins, whatever, like they're just I don't they, I don't think they can really score enough. So like. You're really looking at, I think, the top four. I think Poole is interesting, but I also don't think Poole can put up enough points. Like, I just, I just don't, I don't think he's going to get enough, enough minutes to get the usage to put the points up. So, it, one of the things that's interesting is actually like if you look at Poole's playoff game log or like his last like 30 games, it's bizarre. He like his point line is set at 15 and a half for game one, he's like solid green for like the first 15 games of that. And then after that, it's like 50, 50. So, and his ceiling is at like 31, which definitely doesn't get you there. I think that clay is interesting because I think like clay could maybe touch like a 37, but you're, it's more of a bet on like Tatum and Curry, not having that game. Brown is, I don't, Brown is like the numbers just not there for me. Like he can have a 41 point game, he whatever, but like, the number's not there. So I think you're right. Like Curry is interesting. I think that Clay is definitely worth some money though at seven to one. I think that's a fun one. Um, yeah, I, I would agree. I just, I just can't play Tatum. At, the number is ridiculous. You can't play, yeah. you can't play that number. But like Clay's got a couple like 38s, 37s, you know what I mean? Like he, he could do it. I think Clay is like reasonable because if they do leave somebody open, it might be Clay. Like it just might be Clay, which is kind of crazy. But like to think, but that might be the case. So what I'm going to hit you with now: Who's winning Finals MVP? Is Curry taking it home, or are we going to see? Since you're, I think you're leaning Boston. Where, where, what do we think? Who are you betting on? Where's your money going? Yeah, I mean, do you have the odds up right now? Yeah, I do. So we have Finals MVP. Curry is plus 110. Tatum is plus 170. Mm -hmm. Brown is 11 to 1. Clay is 15 to 1. Draymond, 18 to 1. Wiggins, 25 to 1. Poole, 35 to 1. Smart, 45 to 1. Al Horford, I'm going to give his best line because I know it's a fan duel, is plus 120 to 1. And then basically everybody else Mm -hmm. is like at least like 100 to 1. I mean, and am I, am I, it's crazy because we just talked about how his ceiling is kind of capped, but like, I feel like smarter 45 to one isn't the worst bet. I like it. Um, I, I like it. I, I think like, I think one, he can, he can have the assist numbers, um, you know, where he has an impact as a facilitator and then scoring wise, I think I think it's an easier matchup for him, you know, compared to Miami, um, where if he's in that fifteen to twenty range, most or you know, fifteen range, most of it, it's just tough though, right? Like we're betting on flyers, to the point where like it is a narrative based award, and he'd have to have a masterful defensive performance. Yeah. But like at the same time, at that number, I feel like if he like if the Celtics win, he's going to have to do a, a decent job on Curry. And yeah. then who knows what those numbers could be. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I agree. I think the smart, I think smart's a good bet. I think at 45 to one, it's a good bet because his, he just won a defensive player of the year award. So like, he's got that like narrative, like voters will vote for him, you know? And I think that's the thing that's important. It's like, who is, who is, it's like, it's a small pool. So like if, and the thing is, they're not going to give it to they don't they don't really don't give it to a loser. So if you think Boston's going to win, 
I don't think Brown can win it. We just saw what happened. Like in the Eastern Conference final, like he, there were chances for him, but I don't think he got there. It's Tatum's award to lose if Boston wins. And I struggle to see them winning without him playing at like an MVP level. But if he doesn't have that like statement game of like 40 points or like, you know, like, or like a triple double or something, I think that there's room for smart to sneak in there. The other guy that I like Al Horford at 120 to one is nuts. It's absolutely insane. The dude is like, there's, there is some narrative built in like longest streak ever to not make the finals. He's, you know, he's been like a winner at every level. He's been incredible. They needed him to be on the floor. He's putting up a double-double, basically, in every game. He's getting blocks. He's getting steals. Like, he's got statement plays. I don't think it's nuts because I think that the thing with Tatum and Brown is, like, they are not established superstars. So it's not crazy for a role player, quote-unquote role player, to win. A starter. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And like, with a huge rebounding edge, you know, um yeah i don't i don't dislike horford either um you know it's just one of those things where it's kind of tough for a big man to win it because you know his points and his touches have to come from somebody else and it's not like a Embiid where like he's going to put up 30 most every of the game. games every game um but no i mean if, listen if, if they if the celtics win and they were to give it to a loser I'd be just emphatically upset just for the mere There's fact no of yeah. just if LeBron didn't win it in in twenty was yep. twenty fifteen. Oh my god! Nobody should win it again um, because even to this day, I mean, I, I get it. You should give it to the winning player, but you know, I personally would have still given it to him. Um, yeah, me too. Over Iguodala, you know, if you, at least if, if you're a voter and you're not going to give it to Curry for some reason then, like, I'm giving it to LeBron in that series. Now, I don't even yeah. want to talk about that too much, but it's just, like, oh, you, yeah. you, you can't put up those numbers and not – And not get it. And not mm-hmm. be the most valuable, you know. But yeah. it's never, it hasn't been the most it's, it's a narrative. Yeah, you know, it's, a, it's a narrative award. So, it, it, you know, it generally is going to go to the winner. So, I, I do think, you know, if the Warriors win, like, it probably goes to Curry. The Celtics win, it probably goes to Tatum. But, you know – I think it kind of, you know, it kind of is what it is. So, I mean, the the Warriors, like, there's more outs for the Warriors, right? There's more people I think that are viable. I mean, we because we saw in in these in these playoffs so far. Yeah, I, know, like, I don't like think they're viable numbers, best, but I don't know. If, yeah, you can't bet. You can't bet plus one ten. I don't think like it's it's not. Well, you're only, in my opinion, you only bet plus one ten. If you think the Warriors win and you think this is final, like this is just they give it to the best player on the winning team, yeah. which could definitely happen and happens most times. That's obviously why the odds reflect that. And yeah. You're just getting a better price on the Warriors. That that would be the only reason that I would bet it. I think that's fair. But I don't know if – I just don't really think that that's like necessarily valuable overall. Yeah, I don't think you're getting great value on the number. So uh, with that, those are that's kind of our props like preview for looking at the NBA finals. Um, I hope you guys like have been able to listen to this, find some angles here, you know, give you some things to think about. Obviously, we both put all out a ton of plays on Twitter. Obviously, follow him at half bird, half man. But before we get out of here, it's pods and recs. So, Birdman, one of the things that I always do and like I try to end the podcast with a recommendation. I'd like to, I'd like your recommendation. Just, it can be anything that you want to recommend to the listeners. It could be a show. It could be a movie. It could be like a thing to do, like whatever you think. So I'm going to give you the floor here. Well, so I'm a big movie and TV guy, just in general. I, you know, I mean, dude, with the way the, these playoffs have gone with these blowouts, <laughs> dude, halftime, I'm like, all right, what show am I turning on? You know, right. I'm just, I just get so tuned out with it. But, um, yeah, I mean, recommendations, um, a couple movies slash TV stuff that is goes under the radar, and they've been out for years. So a movie would be The Raid 2. 
Um, it's a um, it's an action movie. The, the, watching the first one is not a prerequisite. You know, you don't have to. You know, important. I, it, it's it, but like you know, a lot of the times it is, but in this case, it's really not. It doesn't take away from the movie itself. Um, it is like a I think a Vietnamese movie. Um, right. so you, you can get it with subtitles. I watched it years ago with some some guy used to come into the bar I worked at and had you know bootleg DVDs for five bucks. So I watched it with like a dubbed over English version at first. Uh, but you can get it definitely uh, with subtitles. Uh, and then the TV show uh, would be Banshee is on HBO Max. Uh, the reason why, yeah. So the reason why it's not dude, I'm, and I'm the most adamant about this show that I could be about any show. Is like this would be in your line with Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad, all really? your best shows of all time. It would be in there. The reason why it isn't is because it aired on Cinemax, which nobody and no, their sister, their aunt, nobody has. Only give you for free, yeah. right? So now with HBO Max, which everyone thinks, oh, it's HBO to the max, but it's actually HBO and Cinemax. You know, they bought out Cinemax, uh, and that's why it's HBO I didn't Max. realize that. <laughs> right, a lot of people don't. Um, so with that, Banshee is on there. Uh, it's four seasons. It's it's done. It's, you know, there's no more coming out. It's not like it's a, a revamp. It's just like a start to, to finish show that, in my opinion, just has everything that you want in a TV show um, from drama to whatever. Um, and it has a good ending. It, it doesn't... Uh, not one of those shows that overdoes it it doesn't you know leave anything you know any stone unturned i think it's just a you know a phenomenal show and i try to push that out, those two things out to everybody because you know the action movie it is it is like a two and a half hour movie it's a little bit longer um but as far as hand-to-hand -hand combat type of stuff you won't really find as good of like a choreography as you're going to find in this movie in my opinion it's another one that goes under the radar because you're like, oh, okay, this Vietnamese movie that comes out with subtitles, you're never going to find that, you know, in theaters or like all types of uh, commercials airing and stuff. So those would be the first two, um, you know, and then briefly, I'll just say a couple of stuff that, um, you know, come out the past couple of years. Everyone, if you haven't watched Ted Lasso, everyone's got to get on that one. That one's uh, pretty well known by, by a lot of standards and, uh, you know, and uh, the other Apple TV show I just watched was Severance, which was pretty good. Uh, different, kind of different take on on things. A little bit of a sci-fi show. I'm not sure if you heard of Severance, but um, uh, I think I might have. Uh, it has the dude from I forget his name. I'm not the best with actors' names. The dude from Step Brothers, yeah. older brother. Yeah. Um, but he uh, basically they like you know have they put something in your brain that basically severs all your memories once you get to work. So you get to work, you get down oh, the elevator, and you live like a work life what? for eight hours. You go home. And what is this called? Here. It's called Severance, Severance? Uh, on Apple TV. Yeah, they're going to be coming out with a second season. Oh, this sounds uh, great. This actually sounds crazy. <laughs> yeah, and it, bas it basically you know your work personality and your at-home personality are just two separate lives, essentially. Um, and it's just kind I of like bridging the gap that. with that. And uh, it's a bit, you know, a sci-fi type cool. of show, like futuristic type of thing. But um, pretty interesting in general. And I, I found it interesting enough. Um, and I, I think it uh, it had some promise to it for, you know, the second season. That, that's a, that would be my, like, right now, my, uh, my movie and TV stuff. I love it. I love that. I can so, talk for movie and TV for days. So. I'm, I'm, yeah, so I'm definitely going to check that out. My recommendations for the listeners are uh, it's grilling season. Fire up those grills, get those proteins out, you know, like cut the carbs, tank top season. You got to have that protein, like whether it's chicken, it's beef, it's steaks, whatever, like get on that grill. And then secondly, as a pivot off of this, I went to the farmer's market today. And it was right next to the gym. And I was, I went because I had to get lemons because my girlfriend's making cupcakes, which is like, obviously not like, it's like it's a carb, it's a problem. So good. But she wanted lemons to do zesting. They're actually fantastic. These like lemon cupcakes, but not the point. I bought dried kiwis. They're fucking awesome. <laughs> like it's like better. It's obviously like you'd be better off with the real fruit because like there's more nutrients, whatever. But I think it's kind of like a night. It's like more like candy, obviously, but it's a healthier candy and that it's dynamite. So like my recommendation is dried fruits, 
but specifically dried kiwi because I'd never had it before. So hey, it, get the dried kiwis. Yeah, it's a win. Get the get the kiwis. <laughs> so you know, with that, uh, you know, it, it's been a pleasure having you on, uh, Birdman. Uh, you can find Birdman at Half Bird Half Man. Check out his check out his picks on Twitter. Check out his uh, his chalkboard. Check out his groups and stuff. You know, dude's great interaction, great follow. Um, and you know, it's a pleasure having you on. We'll have to get you back on here. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I know we uh, we're trying to get this going for a little bit, but uh, no, I was happy to fit this in. And uh, you know, we uh, we talk pretty much every day at this point, so you know, it's good to you know chop it up here. Yeah, formalize. Hopefully, we can catch that. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we can actually catch that on the Cash That podcast. Yeah, dude. So uh, hopefully this was helpful for everybody. You know, we're gonna try to build up that nest egg and cash that. <laughs> thanks, guys. Put some respect when you mention my name. You talking about killers, but you ain't no killer. Pull up on you, it's game time, nigga. Front line, you make headline, niggas. Say my name, get it right. Whip it right, rob it flights. Every night, she keep it tight. Choppers all at that red light. Her stirs by nigga. Keep it real with yourself. Hating on a real nigga. Really bad for your health. Mama left and they sent me. She never seen me in it. I was born to be with it. Came in and she fit it. Came in and we win it. Left out and we did it. Let them know that we with it. They all said that we did it. Nigga know we the business. Put it down from the sand. Ball of life we living. Cluster diamond in my hand. Diamond cross in that sand. Diamond price on that man. Gucci stripe on that van. Knock him off of that plan. Put some respect when you mention my name. You talk about killers, but you ain't no killer. Pull up on you, it's game time, nigga. Front line, you make headline, niggas. Say my name, get it right. Whip it right, rob it flights. Every night, she keep it tight. Choppers all of that red light. Her stirs about a nigga. Keep it real with yourself. Hating on a real nigga. Really bad for your health. Taking shit just for granted. Pulling up just a habit. Loud talk to get madness. Loud pipes and we mashing. Stun a man, live lavish. Doing shit, we the baddest. Alexander, my bitch. Every day we damn Third wall like my daddy. Rag tops on that cat. Big money on shine. Stay fly with the fashion. Nigga know that we pack. Every time that we magging. Uptown high boy. Stun never no lacking. Put some respect when you mention my name. You talk about killers, but you ain't no killer. Pull up on you, it's game time, nigga. Front line, you make headline, niggas. Say my name, get it right. Whip it right, private flights. Every night, she keep it tight. Choppers all of that red light. Her stirs about a nigga. Keep it real with yourself. Hating on a real nigga. Really bad for your health. Yeah, yeah. Stunner man. Rest in peace to my mama. Shout out to my city, Uptown New Orleans. Tell them niggas respect my name or keep it out they fucking mouth like a gangster. Rich gang, I don't bang, nigga. Be tough. We out here, Uptown Third Walk, nigga.